Hello and welcome to Ready, Set, Retire, an audio guide packed with information to help you achieve a successful retirement. I'm your co-host, John McComb, with more than half a century of award-winning broadcasting experience. It's my pleasure to join Lori Pinkowski every two weeks for Ready, Set, Retire. Lori is an award-winning and highly respected portfolio manager and senior vice president at Canaccord Genuity, who has been successfully managing retirement portfolios for over two decades. We're here to talk about everything from financial and estate planning to travel, hobbies and health matters and so much more. Whether you're thinking about your retirement or already living your retirement dreams, Ready, Set, Retire is for you. And Lori, International Women's Day is celebrated on March 8th and is a time that we recognize women's accomplishments globally. It also serves as an important reminder to celebrate women's achievements, recognize the economic, social, and cultural contributions that continue to create a better world for all of us, and remind us that more work is needed to achieve gender equity. This year's theme is hashtag Break the Bias which centers on valuing and celebrating our differences as we endeavor to forge a world that is diverse, equitable, and inclusive. Exactly, John. International Women's Day also brings to the forefront the broader discussion about equality. Uh, It really provides an opportunity to reflect on what we're doing and are we doing enough to ensure that the experience for women in investing and in retirement, are they also getting the proper advice? So in the essence of International Women's Day, I'd like to focus on women and investing today. Today on Ready, Set, Retire, we're discussing what makes women's experiences unique and how your financial advisor should be addressing those issues. We'll go over common traits of female investors, retirement planning, discretionary management, dealing with the death of a spouse, retirement, and divorce, and so much more. So, Lori, what are some of the common traits of female investors? With questions like this, I never want to kind of pigeonhole anybody. Everybody's unique. Everybody's different. But I do see over you know two decades of, of helping people uh, retire or invest their money uh, that I do see differences. Um, and so women have much more financial decision-making power than ever. I see a lot of women that are in charge of their family's wealth, even the wealth of their aging parents. They're the ones making the decisions, what to do with, you know, the accounts of their aging parents. Also, when, you know, I'm sitting across the table and a new client's coming on board, women are very much involved. It wasn't really like that, I would say, you know, 15, 20 years ago when I was dealing with somebody in their 70s, you know, I would meet with the husband and maybe the wife would sit in once in a while. Now I really feel like it's a a joint effort. They both want to meet their financial advisor, get to know them. It's, It's important. It doesn't mean that they both have to be following the investments, but at least getting to know the advisor or portfolio manager that they're dealing with. And women think differently than men about their finances, uh, which can work to their advantage for sure in the long term. Women tend to be more goal orientated. In my experience, women will think about money in terms of safety and security, but also for goals. So they want to do a renovation. They want to buy a new car. They want to gift money to their children or grandchildren. They want to go on a, on a great trip to Italy, whatever it may be. There's a goal where men, on the other hand, can think more about returns short-term risk, they can actually be more sensitive, if you can believe this, John, to market volatility is what I've seen. Wow. I think more men don't sleep at night than women. 
when markets are more volatile, just uh, from the conversations that I have. But I mean, women tend to also be more aware of risk. Often when I'm talking to a female investor, they're going, yeah, yeah, I understand the markets to a certain extent, you know, it goes up, it goes down, and I'm going to be fine. But again, this also goes back to people's relationship with money, how you were raised, how you feel about it, and what your experience has been with investing or invested in the stock market. And and that really tells me a lot from having those one-on-one meetings with both husband and wife. So when a woman comes into your office and wants you to look after their financial future, how do you approach it? Do you do you kind of uh, have to shift your thinking a bit and explain how that works? What's the planning process like for a woman? Well, it depends as well as if she's on her own, right? I have a lot of widows that come to me or divorcees or couples and everybody's different and, and not one situation is the same. But I will say that women have to plan a little bit differently. Women live longer than men. Uh, sorry, John, that's just the, that, those are the facts out there. You know, I don't think you're falling off the branch anytime soon. Thanks. But... Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, I know. I'm sure my dad hates when I talk about that on, uh, on the radio, actually. I wonder why. <laughs> so I know, but my Oma is turning 102 this year. So I do have proof. She has outlived three husbands at this point, actually, and loved each and every one of them. <laughs> Um, but women need to think about that long time horizon, right? They need to ensure that the funds they have today are going to take them to the end of their days uh, when they turn into an angel. So despite progress, there is a big gender gap still in Canada. And you think full-time working women still make 77 cents for every dollar men make, and that can have an impact on your CPP. Like you may hear those facts and figures and go, well, why does it you know, affect me? I'm you know coming towards the end of my working years. Well, it has affected you during your working years because you haven't contributed as much to CBP. A lot of women take time off to have children as well, which can also affect that. And if you at some point maybe went through a divorce or or something like that or early death of a spouse, that can also impact your ability to save during your working years. So again, a lot of women also are spending a lot of time, and I've had a lot of women over the last year come to me with this issue, as caretakers. They are taking care of their children. They're taking care of their aging parents. They are taking care of their spouse in one form or another. And uh, they're finding very little time to concentrate on their investments, or a lot of them have cash in the bank. They didn't know what to do with. They just kept it there. And that works against you, especially years after years. And if we see high inflation and you've just got cash in the bank because you're too busy with all life's worries, then that could also hurt you when you uh, get to retirement age or if you're already retired. I think the point's a good one because women spend so much time, as you point out, caretaking and um, you know looking after kids or husbands or their elderly parents, that sort of thing. And so it really does take away even their ability to be in the workforce, to have a job and uh, make money. And that goes back to the the discussion about CPP and the pension plan and everything. So why is discretionary management, which is what you do, important to female investors? I think first with discretionary management, what does that mean? Because we throw that term around quite a bit. It's It's when a portfolio manager is able to make the day-to-day investment decisions on your behalf. They have a fiduciary duty to you. And why do I feel that it's important for female investors? Well, one is is that they are busy taking care of life a lot of the time and working at the same time. And this can be overwhelming in itself. And so you definitely don't want to have your money managed really by somebody who has to call you on every single 
idea or change they want to make in your portfolio. Because if they're trying to get a hold of you and you know they want to sell an investment and they can't, then you end up again, maybe not in a good space. And you want to be able to focus on, on your family and work. And you want the professionals to focus on your portfolio is the way that I look at dividing and conquering. Um, and being is, responsible. Is that, is that how you approach the markets, the divide and conquer kind of approach? <laughs> yeah, well, you have to, right? You got to divide and take a look at what's going on in the world and make decisions and make very quick decisions based on what's going, what's been happening the, the past month, for sure. I see you as kind of Wonder Woman with that magic uh, lasso that she has and you're <laughs> lassoing stocks and you're dragging them back and saying, yes, we want that one and throwing the other ones away and you're just... Uh, that's that is what I do every morning, John. You can imagine. <laughs> People are going to think of me differently now. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, but that's how I do feel when we're going through a market correction. You know, you have to put on your um, you know, your your uh, spandex is what. <laughs> I don't know about spandex, but you got to put on your your uh, your body armor, right? You're in the yeah. middle of a serious situation, and uh, you got to make sure that you're on top of it. Uh, and I always say to clients, you know, there's nothing we haven't managed you through and gotten you back to where you were. It's just about cushioning that blow while we're in it. And that is what we have been doing, John, since the beginning of the year. So yeah, no doubt. We are, we are all over this. And the idea that you are all over it and you're taking care of it, I mean, that's one big load off of people's minds, whether they're, they're men or women, to know that somebody who's very, very capable and confident has their backs when it comes to this. Exactly. You know, when you're looking at the markets, you know, what is really important is not just being able to have the analysis, do a lot of reading, all that, all of that, keeping on top of the news, is making actual decisions for people. And sometimes there's advisors out there that have analysis paralysis. You know, you can read until the cows come home, but you need to make decisions in this market. And things changed. Two weeks ago, oil was not where it was. You know, people weren't spending this kind of money at the pump and now they are. And now you take a look at consumer stocks. Are people going to go buy a new pair of shoes from Nike or are they going to fill up their tank? And that changed so quickly. And so now, again, you have to assess some of those holdings if, if you got them in the portfolio. So we are definitely working overtime when things like this are happening. And uh, like I always say, this is what I was built for. Back to International Women's Day and women as investors. How can you financially prepare for the death of a spouse, which is something that uh, you see, I don't want to say quite often, but you certainly have dealt with it in the past. I do deal with it often, unfortunately, with the age group that we're working with. And each situation, again, is different, but there are things that one can prepare for in advance. So again, we were talking about how couples, sometimes one takes care of the bills month to month, the other one takes care of the investments or the portfolios because they're dividing and conquering. I'm scared to say the sentence again, but it's true. And that's um, you know something to note because if something happens to the spouse that is usually in charge of the investments and they are no longer here, it's important to have a seamless transition with a portfolio manager or financial advisor. So again, you want to make sure that you both like dealing with your financial advisor or portfolio manager so that if you find yourself in that unfortunate situation that you can lean on your financial professional to help guide you through that situation. When that happens with one of our clients, I generally go to their home, sit down with them, decide on income. Do they have any short-term needs, funeral arrangements, all that kind of stuff? And then we're really going to be looking at 
her or him, now that they're on their own, whether we have to be updating that financial plan, right? They may not need as much income. They may want more income. So again, it's talking it through. And then of course, there's other things that we want to prepare ahead of time, making sure beneficiaries are all updated. You want to make sure that uh, you understand how it's going to work if, if somebody does pass away. And as long as Again, everything is organized, which for all of our clients, it is with wills and power of attorneys. And we understand what their wishes are, that things can very quickly move from one spouse to the other. And I'd say most spouses that lose somebody, one of their biggest concerns after that is about income. Do I have enough money? How do I get it? Where does it come from? Does it just go to my bank account? Right. And again, both spouses usually weren't involved. So it's important to have that meeting with your financial advisor or portfolio manager, again, should you uh, lose a spouse. And it's important, I think, for both people to be, even if one of them isn't really interested in finance or how it works or what have you, but to understand the nuts and bolts and what goes on, what happens when and if someone passes away or there's an emergency or what have you. Yeah, exactly. And so as we talked about, women tend to outlive men. And so it is common for widows to find themselves in a situation where they're, again, questioning the relationship they may have with the previous advisor if they weren't involved. And, you know, sometimes I, women who have come to me who are not happy with the, a former advisor, and this is after a death of a spouse, possibly they're deciding to make a change, have usually come to me because they don't understand the jargon that a financial professional uses. They find that people are talking over their head and that turns them off right away. I can tell you that much. So that's why we've had those calls come to us. Again, you want to be able to ask questions. You don't want to feel that you can't ask particular questions. And, you know, there's no dumb question out there. You can ask us anything and we'll, we'll answer it. So again, to kind of get a leg up here while you and your spouse are together, you know, don't be a bystander. Make sure that you're included in those calls with a portfolio manager. Ask those questions, you know, get the right advice. Make sure you have a good fit for who you're dealing with. In my family, my wife and I, Kristen, isn't really interested in the investment side of things. And she's always kind of left that up to me. But every year or so, I drag her along to a meeting with you because she likes you so much. Because she has to be there. Because she has to understand how this all works and if nothing else, at least be comfortable and have a personal relationship with the financial advisor with you so that if something happens to me, yeah, there's some things that have to happen, but she's at least assured that that will all be taken care of smoothly and taken care of well. And that's that's a huge burden. You know, that's a lot off somebody's shoulders. That's a perfect scenario there uh, when I think about you and Kristen, it's exactly that. You know, we want her to be there once in a while. If something did happen to you, it would be seamless. And, you know, I, I'd be dealing with her going forward, you know, and she would be very comfortable with that because she's known me for years now. Every woman that is maybe not taking charge of their own finances as much uh, and allowing their spouse to take control of it, just make sure that you're involved some way, somehow. So if anything does happen to them, that you feel comfortable going forward. So what is your process after a spouse passes? Well, uh, definitely setting up a call and, and checking in. It's always a difficult call that I get from a client when they tell me what's what's happened. Sometimes it's expected because they were ill. Sometimes it's not. And so those calls, like I say, I take them very personal. Clients are like families. You know, I've lost quite a few clients in the last six months that I've dealt with for 15 plus years, and they really do become family. And uh, so I, I take it to heart for sure. But 
you know, what we want to make sure is that all the, you know, documentations, we're, we're opening up new accounts, everything is very easy for them. I'm coming to their home to get all those signed. And again, making sure that they have enough income and, and where it's coming from and to just really chat about how they feel. Because again, most people haven't lost a spouse before and it's, it has a huge impact to your life. And I, you know, how difficult it is. I have seen people five, 10 years after losing a spouse thrive, right? They are traveling and they've remarried or whatever it might be, whatever they're comfortable with. There are positive stories. So there can be some light at the end of that tunnel. And I do have experience in talking to people about it. So I feel that that's great value when I come to their home after losing their spouse and, and having that really in-depth conversation with them. Okay, let's talk about divorce and how can you plan to manage your finances if you go through a divorce, which is certainly not uncommon? For women in particular, divorce can be complicated, challenging, and can be financially terrifying for some. You know, at least that's what many studies tell us. When it comes to their long-term financial well-being, divorced women may not be as bad off as previously feared. Not only do women have more financial decision-making power nowadays, but they are set up to inherit most of the world's wealth as well. So there's going to be a lot of wealthy women walking around there, divorced or not. <laughs> um, and also, I just feel like women in business or women in their careers, like you see a lot of, a lot of women leading now in industries where there were not many women. You know, I think back to my start, John, and there was, I think, five female financial advisors out of four or 500. Mm -hmm. And so now, you know, firms are really trying to get more women, encourage women to be financial advisors. And in the industry, it's only about 15% at this time. And many firms want to bring it up to 25%. And, you know, when I mentor young women, I talk about there's such a need for more women in the industry. Not that men don't do a great job too, but I think it's important that women know that they can do this role, the role that I'm doing. And it's very rewarding and helping people and uh, I think they would get a lot from it. So in terms of just divorce in general, the worry is, is what am I going to end up with? Am I going to be able to live in my home? Are we selling it? I mean, there's so many unknowns yeah. and there's a loss there too. Loss of a marriage, loss of that spouse that was your friend. And so, you know, it's a lot for women to go through. And I think having someone they can lean on, like a good trusted financial advisor, a professional lawyer that they can kind of open up to and vent as well really helps. And over 25% of advisors believe that one of the main drivers behind the increase in female clients is they're taking more control of their financial circumstances. And I think this is one of those scenarios. Say a woman was not in control of the finances, gets divorced. Well, hey, she has to be now. And that's a real steep learning curve. So if you're not that well-versed in investments or what you own or what your family has in terms of investments, Maybe it's time to start looking at that. The data suggests the biggest factors are divorce 51% and the death of a spouse being 31% is why women take control of their finances eventually. So why not try to do that today before any of those things happen? And so what do you do? You have a plan. You create a post-divorce settlement budget. And this is, again, in terms of divorce. Talk with your lawyers, accountants, and financial advisors in advance. Ensure your assets are all up to date and beneficiaries are changed. That is a big one, uh, especially if you're going through divorce. You don't want to be leaving an investment property to uh, your former spouse. I've known people too have almost done that before. Oops. Um, yeah, exactly. That would be a big oops. Ensure you uh, you understand your investments, your risk tolerance, um, pay off your debt, 
And also, I, I, I mentioned this one too, John. When you're recently divorced and, and, and say people are out there again and looking for a new relationship, you need to make sure you protect your wealth from any newcomers as well. So the money that you have, protecting your children, if you have any, so that wealth stays in the family. So any new relationships, getting cohabitation agreements, prenups, stuff like that. So we see it all here, John, and divorce is not fun, but it's something that, that happens. And even silver divorces, as they call it, uh, divorces later on in life, I don't see that very often, I, I do have to admit, but they do happen and you just have to be prepared for that as well. So if a woman is has lost a spouse or is divorced and they have a new relationship, a new boyfriend. Should they vet that person through you first? 100%. I inter- <laughs> I interview them hard, John. You know, I want to make sure that my, my ladies are safe and sound. Um, but uh, I'd love to continue with a relationship. But first, uh, I got to re- slide you past my financial planner. It's, I do it with everybody. Don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. No, but it's true. I, I mean, I just a lot of people don't even think about that, right? Because they were happily married for so long especially with the death of a spouse, you would never really think of prenups and cohabitation agreements when, you know, you're, uh, you know, 50, 60 plus and you've met somebody new, but that is definitely when you want to do that, right? To make sure that, again, those assets stay in the family should something happen to you. Well, every man, woman, and person is different when it comes to investing and retirement planning, but it's important to recognize the traits that make us unique so that we can better plan for the future. Exactly. For International Women's Day, we wanted to give a special shout out to some of the female figures who have paved the way, at least in the financial industry. Adina Friedman, the first woman to be a CEO of a major stock exchange, NASDAQ, 2017 to now. Kristen Lagarde, a French politician, businesswoman and lawyer, now the president of the European Central Bank. Brenda Rideout, the first female CEO of a major Canadian financial institution. And so, again, you hear some of these names and you go, I, I don't know them. But the fact of the matter is they've moved up in their industry and they're taking charge and they're changing the way business is done. And I think adding a few more women here and there in some of these high up positions would make the world a better place. And, you know, a shout out to some of the women that have helped me along the way. Again, I deal with Cindy David a lot, a financial planner extraordinaire. Uh, Rose Shawley is a, is a great lawyer that I work with, but also Andrea, Marina, and Megan on my team. I can't tell you how much they do for my clients day in, day out. And last but not least, my mother, who always inspired me to be a better businesswoman. And of course, my Oma, who I love so dearly, who is turning 102 this year. Well, with everything going on in the world right now, I think the best way to support women is to support Ukraine and all of the women there fighting on the front lines. And indeed, those women who are Uh, trying to get out of the country with uh, their children. Uh, You see those long, long lines of refugees. It's just, uh, it's absolutely heartbreaking. And uh, if you would like to support the women of Ukraine, we encourage you to check out the UN Women's Fund. That's uh, www.donate.unwomen.org. And you can find uh, more information there. Donate.unwomen.org. And there's so many other great causes, Uh, the Ukrainian Canadian Foundation as well. You can donate there. You're right, John. It is just heartbreaking seeing what these women have to do, fleeing everything they ever knew to protect their families. And so those are the real heroes on uh, International Women's Day. We always wrap up with a quote. Laurie, what do you have for us this week? Well, my quote is short but sweet, John. The success of every woman should be an inspiration to the rest. So again, 
if women keep on passing down the knowledge that they gain and the experience they have to younger women, the next generation, women will grow and learn and become uh, the next generation will be even better than the generation today. Well said. A pleasure speaking with you as always. We will catch up with you in two weeks. Thank you. That's all for this week's edition of Ready, Set, Retire. If you're interested in learning more or have any questions, please don't hesitate to call Lori and her team at Pinkowski Wealth Management, 604-695-LORI, 604-695-5674. For Lori Pinkowski, I'm John McComb. Thanks for listening and join us again in two weeks for another edition of Ready, Set, Retire.